0: Welcome to the top, the podcast that provides you with what you need to succeed in the real estate world. Brought to you by the Collin County Association of Realtors. Here comes the man who has toured joint chiefs of staff, launched nuclear missiles, and reported to Ross Perot, CCAR's 2020 president, David Long, and communications extraordinaire, Jonna Fernandez, CCAR chief operating officer.
1: Hi, David. Hey, Johnna. Welcome to the top.
2: I'm happy to be here.
1: Me too. I wanted to take a moment to ask a favor of our listeners.
2: Returning or first-time listeners?
1: Both, actually. If you're listening, would you rate and review this episode? Let us know how we're doing. You can also support our podcast by subscribing.
2: Absolutely. Rate, review, and subscribe. The best way to keep your favorite podcast going.
1: Oh, and that's a good segue into today's topic, how to keep going.
2: Yes. Today we'll be talking with someone I really admire and someone I am proud to call a friend. Texas Realtors 2020 Chairman, Cindy Bulla.
1: Now don't turn off the podcast if you don't live in Texas. This applies to you too.
2: Yes, Cindy joins us today to talk about leading during adversity, and that applies to all of us. Hi, Cindy.
1: Hi, David. Cindy, it's great to hear your voice. What a year it's been. Was this how you envisioned your year as Texas Realtors Chairman
3: turning out? (laughs) No, I would say that is the understatement of the year. It is not how we envisioned. However, it had its moments and there were some parts about it that actually did fit into the original vision. One of the things that was... A very high priority for me throughout my leadership journey has been improving the ability to communicate, not just with fellow leaders, but with the members at large. And one of the silver linings of 2020 was we learned all about communication and really managed to do a pretty good job.
2: Yeah, it's, it's uh, certainly not how I planned my year as CCR 2020 president as well. And um, w- yes, we've learned a lot here at the local level as well.
1: And, you know, it really does take a person of strong character, which I would say, David, both you and Cindy are very strong, and it's something where you're just not rolling with the punches, but you have to lead, and both of you are very skilled in that area.
3: I was just going to point out that one of the things that was, we've always known this, but was extremely, we became even more aware of this during 2020, was the value, the significance, and the importance of the local level associations, because no matter what we did at the state and national association, all of that was, For us to know what to do, what was needed, we had to be in communication with the leaders on the ground at the local level. And then to get it delivered and into the hands of the members where it needed to be, we had to have an incredible partnership with our local level associations. And David, you and Collin County Association and really throughout Texas, we saw those local leaders step up. And meet a bar that none of us could ever have envisioned needed to be met.
2: And I think it also showed the strength, the connection between the local level, the state level, and the national level, particularly with having real estate as a valuable resource. Or you know, um, and it showed how it flowed from the national down to the state, down to the local level.
3: David, you're so you are so right. The essential services is I think that will be the quintessential and and historic moment in the realtor family life in that to be essential to continue to practice our business during 2020 and especially during those early months when everything was so up in the air and so unknown, we needed to be declared essential, not in one place, but in three places. And so at the national level, a seemingly impossible task of getting the Department of Homeland Security to go back and sort of rewrite its de- definition of essential services to include shelter and to include commercial and residential real estate. Who who could accomplish that but... The National Association of Realtors did. They were able to reach out using relationships that we've spent the last two decades building. They reached out and, and almost overnight, got that definition included in the uh, Homeland Securities CISA that document. And then we had to go to the governor, and we had to convince our governor that we could deliver those services in a safe manner and we could, we could set out some protocols and some best practices that would allow our members to do that. And then, David, you all had to run with it to, in your case, multiple different jurisdictions who were putting in levels of shelter in place and levels of rulemaking that were that were locally defined. And so all levels of the realtor organization had to use the relationships that they've been building through our public policy and advocacy efforts for decades before to convince those local authorities that, yes, shelter was essential, and yes, our services could be delivered safely. And you all, again, that's another place where our local associations handled that really beautifully and and all in the middle of pivoting their staff home during the lockdown order.
2: Right, yeah. And um, along with that, you've had, when you and I have talked, when we were up in uh, Chicago about a year ago or a little over a year ago, you've had an interesting life. And <laughs> did, did any of your experiences help uh, with your leadership this year?
3: So I would say to some degree they they helped in that uh, probably all of us have had life experiences that positioned us to be able to react in what amounted to a crisis. But I will say that a personal crisis is one thing, but looking around, and I'm sure you can relate to this, Davis. looking around and seeing a crisis of a proportion that was prior to that in my lifetime, unimaginable and trying to think, okay, I have my personal, my family, my personal health and safety, my circle, those worries. And then I'm sitting here with the membership looking to me saying, okay, here's what we need, what's next. And so the ability to compartmentalize the crisis, that is the immediate need to reach out to family, friends, fellow members, and our communities and make sure that they're safe and they're healthy and they have their immediate needs. Um, and, David, you can attest to this, and Collin County excels at this. Being part of a community, being community servants, and providing community care is something that's been part of the realtor brand since... Its inception since certainly Texas Realtors in its hundred year existence has always placed a high priority on healthy communities and the fact that Texas Realtors can't just practice their craft, they've got to help contribute to healthy communities. So, uh, the, the, we first isolated crisis. What can we do to mobilize members to help get? people food and and shelter and finish what we started in the midst of an unknown crisis. And that was probably for the first month. And it was during that month that we got the essential services designation and got our members back out into the community so that they could help. Um, And then the next thing was, how do we function during the crisis? And that how do we function during the crisis is where you as local leaders contacted us and said, we need forms, we need documents, we have delays, we have things that have to be addressed contractually. And so that told your state association what it needed to do. So we had had its legal team mobilized to get those forms out and make sure that we had list of best best practices, and we uh, we combined the CDC guidelines with the state health and safety and the local health and safety. It it had our governmental affairs and our public policy people working to try to we 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 literally published a spreadsheet that said here's what you can do in this county and in this local jurisdiction, and here's what you can't do, and here's where we are here, and had us reaching out to those. So that was sort of our Today, tomorrow, and beyond mantra that we came up with early on. We had the today was the crisis. The tomorrow was how do we make sure that we can function during the middle of the crisis, and then the end beyond began with accumulating data so that we can be sure that we know. We watch what happened to the market and and how that has affected. And frankly, has um, hopefully saved the Texas economy from being where it might have been had we been unable to keep the real estate sector of the Texas economy on pace, and not only on pace, but it actually ended up excelling. I think when the numbers all play out by the end of the year, we will all have outpaced 2019, which was one of the most successful years in Texas realtor history.
1: Wow. And, you know, Cindy, we really appreciate the study presence that you've had this past year uh, leading. And, you know, one of the things that David did weekly the first few weeks of the pandemic is that he um, did video messages to our members and he continues to mm-hmm. do this on a monthly basis. But I think it's really profound how comforting it is to have something that's predictable when everything else right now seems so unpredictable.
3: Absolutely, and I did a couple of video messages early on, but one of the uh, the communication things, and I think I brought this up early in the podcast, communication-wise, we knew a few things but there were a lot of things we didn't know and what we decided as a leadership team and certainly this was consistent with with what i had hoped my message to be from the very beginning we decided that communicating even what we didn't know was important and so we began the zoom calls very early on and we had we had i think the first one david was with local presidents here's what we yes. know here's what we don't know, here's what we're working on, and here's what we'll get back to you on. And that's that's all we really could do. We didn't have a lot of answers. We had a lot of questions, but we wanted everybody to know we were on it. And then we did that with past presidents. And we went to past presidents and we said, we need to know, we, we need you to be very honest with us. What can we do now? And based on your experience, some of those presidents had served during 9-11 and some had served in 8 when we had the meltdown. And so how is this like that? How is this like that? What can you offer us as an historic president that's been seated in the seat I'm in right now? What can you offer me in the way of advice? And that was a great call. And um, it's one that we will continue to make a couple of times a year because it was such a valuable call to look back to past leaders and say, okay, what can we learn from your experience? and not have to relearn now because we don't have time to make mistakes. We've got to get this right. So um, I, think, I think you'll see future leaders continue that. Now we know we don't have to ask our senior leaders to travel. We, all we have to ask them to do is get on the Zoom call. So we'll do that um, and we have continued that throughout the year. Now we don't have to travel. We know we don't have to travel to communicate, so we did so with our uh, AEs, our Association Executives. Um, David, you know that we have reached out now on a number of things that weren't process-related but input-related, things that we wanted to partner with our local association. So yes. that's one of the really great things that I think you'll see survive even the time when when we can travel when we want to.
2: Yeah, I do miss Austin. You know, <laughs> every so often. Oh, me too. Yeah. Um, and I wasn't even snowed in like you were. Um, but, anyways, um, this has been a great learning year for communications, I think. And we got to see the Texas Realtors, the, uh, the executive committee, and the staff really pivot and learn as you came up to the Texas Realtors Conference, TREPAC Government Affairs, BOLC. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, I mean, I, I'm sure, I'm sure you guys were learning and uh, really running to get all this accomplished.
3: Exactly, we really learned a lot about the backside of television production because that's eventually that's is essentially what we had to do as we began to try to prepare for a fully virtual conference. And in fact, we, we are very proud of the product that we were able to produce in very short notice because as a leadership team, we were determined to have that conference in person if we could. And there were dozens of legal hoops we had to jump through to transition because we had contracts with hotels and our members probably would be shocked to know all of the back story about how that had to happen and uh, and the other thing we learned is that production virtual production is extraordinarily expensive and we spent uh, not as much but almost as much as we would have for all of the different hotel components that we have to pay for um, meals and and things like that when we have an on-site meeting so um, we we learned a lot about ways that in other words, we improved at BOLC and Pack about how we can do these productions less expensively. But all of that was sort of a journey. And then it, it culminated, I think, NAR learned a lot. They did their first one in May, and then the one they just finished here in November was night and day ahead of that first experience. So everybody's learning from one another as they go. Um, Another thing that you might think would survive is the virtual component of these conferences and meetings allowed in our case, we had over 5,000 eyes on our conference. And typically, our best conferences might have 2,500 people attend, and many of those would only attend for certain events or meetings, whereas we had great attendance at, throughout our conference. So the common thought is, well, then we need to leave a virtual component in even when we can meet in person again. Right. But yeah. that doesn't... That's not easy because it almost doubles the expense. You have the expense then of both. And so that's a huge conversation that will be had by Marvin Jolly uh, as our 2021 chairperson and his team on which I will serve. But that's a big conversation for the leadership teams of every level of our association. Can we continue to meet the demand now that we have for a virtual option. And certainly we'll want to try, but we're going to have to find some cost-effective ways to
2: do that. Yeah. So you sort of answered this, but what are you most proud of for the past year?
3: So this was my favorite question. This is my favorite question, and I get it a lot. And certainly communication and the the silver linings that we were able to find is, is going to be the most public one. But there's a private one that I am incredibly proud of, and so I'm really glad you asked that. So throughout, especially what seemed to be the worst of it, which was that period of time between May and, say, July, when it became apparent that it wasn't going to be just two weeks, and it wasn't going to be just two months, and there was this period of time when our members began to be very aware that this virus was potentially going to be with us for a, a very long time, that it wasn't just going to go away, that that I'll use my least favorite term, new normal, which I, <laughs> I don't like that term at all, but that, that was the term that was being used. And the number of members at large, people who I had never met, who called me personally and shared their stories and their concerns and their, their sheer terror at what they were faced with was, it, it made me feel like I had accomplished something as a leader because I was approachable enough for someone to find my phone number, um, which I made available to everybody, and to accept my invitation to call. And I got calls. Some of them were very personal calls. My husband is sick, or my wife is sick, or I don't know what to do. My, I can't. I'm. I know we were declared essential, but I'm terrified. I don't want to walk out my out of my house. I'm. I'm vulnerable. What can I do? And and while I didn't have those answers the fact that many of the 130 plus thousand members that I served that elected me to serve as their chairman found me approachable enough to make that phone call was probably something that I will cherish for the rest of my life as I transition past my current leadership role. Another thing that of which I'm really proud is, as we all know, there were some painful wounds that were sort of Right in the midst of the worst of the pandemic, we had the George Floyd incident and the wounds that we had to address that were reopened by that incident that we hadn't adequately addressed in the past. Some some professional bias issues, some fair housing issues, and conversations that were long overdue that had to be had. We could not put them off any longer. And uh, again, a crisis of equal proportion to the COVID crisis was this one. I think I called like seven different people throughout all around the state. And I just, I just said, I don't know how to respond to this right. I can't see the world through the eyes that you see the world. And I don't know how to respond to this. And I need to know. What you think needs to be done so that I can have collaborate with, with our other stakeholders and try to make statements that aren't completely ignorant, because if they're coming from me right now, they would be ignorant. I don't know what it feels like to be you today. And so even that conversation, David, for all the things we didn't know, the conversations were the most important and it was OK that we didn't know. As long as we, we reached out. And I hope that if I leave any sort of legacy from the 2020 leadership team, it is that, that we don't have to have the answers. We don't have to know the answers because this is a member led, member run organization. We just have to ask our members. They're very wise. And we have to make sure that the conversations are had and that all the voices are heard. And that we listen to those voices with a level of tolerance and peace, knowing that we all want the same thing. We might see a different direction or a different path to get there. Now, if only we could convince our national, state, and local governments of the same thing, <laughs> we would be in great shape.
1: <laughs> uh-huh. Wow, Cindy, thank you for sharing that. Um So kind of, as we kind of head out here on our podcast, one last question for you, and you kind of touched on this here a little bit, but what are some pieces of advice that you would give to a leader who is facing uncertainty?
3: So, I think I sort of rolled that into my last answer. The quintessential piece of advice that I would give is as you prepare for leadership, as you lead, and as you transition and hand that leadership off to the next group of leaders, it isn't necessary to have the answers. It isn't necessary to even have an opinion if you don't. It is necessary... The thing you must do as a leader is create an environment that ensures that everyone who has an opinion gets to voice it and create an environment where everyone feels like you asked. And the 2020 silver lining, which is you don't have to travel to Austin and you don't you don't even have to do a Zoom call. We all learned that communicating with one another in whatever way is your most comfortable way to communicate and that your leaders are not off limits. They are precisely the people you need to be talking to. And what's important as a leader is to be approachable and to make sure that you reiterate, especially in times of crisis, that um, you're available, that you you may or may not have the answers, but you're a team builder, you're a collaborator, and you will put the people together that need to be put together to find those answers, that you're never alone, You're never by yourself, especially in in the realtor system of governance. You don't ever have to be the smartest person in the room. In fact, you probably shouldn't be. You should put together teams of the smartest people and the people that are needed for the situation that arises at the time. You don't have to memorize everything, you know, everything in Robert's rules or the bylaws or obviously you need to know those things, but but those are not the critical functions that you have as a leader. You have great staff members to back you up and who know those things and who can do and find answers to the facts. What what you have to do is assemble the group that can have those answers and find those answers and then make sure that everyone gets heard. and And I'm really, really proud of our 2020 team. And when I say team, I really mean... Every local association, our national association, and our state association, and the effort, the collaborative effort that we made to address some really gut-wrenching issues that just seemed like they kept coming and coming and coming. So yeah, just be a team builder. That's what a leader is. It's it's not a person that has the answers. It's a person that knows where to find them.
2: Yeah, nicely said, uh, Cindy. I agree with you totally, and. Um Well, thanks for joining us today and for a great 2020 year in your leadership this year.
3: Yes. Thank you. Uh, Thanks for the invitation. I have to say this is literally my very last act as the chairman of the board of Texas Realtors at midnight on the 30th. That mantle will be handed off to your own, Collin County's own, Marvin Jolly. And I'm so excited for his leadership, and I love that it, and it's so appropriate that the last thing I did as the chairman was to talk to the Collin County Association of Realtors. So thank you, David, for making that possible, thank and uh, thank you for for your effort, your gargantuan effort. And I know, like me, yours will continue throughout the years to come. So congratulations on a great year to you.
2: Thank you.
1: Very good. Well, thank you so much, Cindy. We appreciate you spending some time with us
3: today. Thank you. What an honor. Thank you all and have a great, great holiday
2: season. Cindy, thanks for joining us today and for your leadership.
3: And
1: for those listening, thanks for hanging out with us again. Be sure to subscribe to Welcome to the Top wherever you get your podcasts and leave us a review to let us know how we're doing. If you have a question or topic you'd like us to discuss on the podcast, we want to hear it. Email us at ask at welcometothetop.com and listen to hear it covered.
2: We can't wait to hear from you. Thanks for listening. And until next time, don't forget to call before showing.
0: Special thanks to our hosts, Jonah Fernandez and David Long. Our audio engineer, Garrett Holton. Outreach and guest relations manager, Kendall Crawford. Podcast administrator, Sean Offsall. And producer, Bree Westbury. Tune in next time and don't forget to enjoy your journey to the top. The statements by speakers in this podcast do not necessarily represent the views or position of the Collin County Association of Realtors, its leadership, or its members. This podcast is not intended to give legal, financial, medical, or other advice, but simply to provide information as a springboard to further discussion and investigation.